Hey, welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Now, it's not often, no, okay, it is often, that we go into interviews on this podcast because we try and bring you stories from around the sporting world, generally that don't get a chance to get the publicity that they deserve. So a lot of the time, as you well know, we've spoken to karate dojo owners and referees of sports and netball and things that you wouldn't completely associate me with. Well, one of the things that you would associate me with is cricket. But when I tell you I have absolutely nothing or no indication of what on earth I'm talking about this evening, besides the fact that I know how cricket operates, you will understand my enthusiasm and my knowledge wanting to be bettered, which is why we have Ziad Desai with us. And Ziad is the man in charge of the Cape Town Premier League. So, Ziad, first of all, have I got that right? Yeah, you've got that right and, and spot on with it as well. And I'm glad Thank to hear you, about your passion for the game of cricket, sir. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know what they say, I don't like cricket, I love it, which is completely and absolutely. But I'm so upset, if that's the right word, that I don't know much about what you're going to be doing. And my 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 thirst for knowledge is, is over filling this cup i want to know tell me all right let's give you a bit of a background first um it's not a fly-by-night organization the cpl or the cape town premier league as as you've called it uh we've been around in south africa for the last 14 years it started off in johannesburg as the lpl um i was a former first class cricketer and um i always wanted to know are you the best let's find out are you the best Yes, I walk into Alan Curry's office. Uh, he was the CEO of the Lions at the time. Said, this will be the best thing to happen to South African cricket. You have my blessings. Go forward. Uh, he then phoned Clive Eckstein, who was a South African cricketer at the time. And he told Clive was just about to retire. Clive, do you know He said, do me a favor. Meet him for a cup of coffee. And Clive asked him why. And he said, just meet him and whatever he needs, make sure he's got the years later. We speak every single day trying to better the program, trying to better what we have and create more opportunities for players around South Africa. The project has grown from those early days. We've got now eight franchises in Johannesburg. We've got eight in Cape Town. You've got four in uh, the Borland Pal region. You've got four in Portos from under 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 17, 19 and seniors. And now for the first time, as you have heard, we've introduced the ladies section in the Cape Town one. And that's a special moment for us. Um, Cape Town is a is an area rich in talent, rich with possibilities. And uh, we've now taken that on with uh, with fourth franchises in the Cape region. It's amazing because, you know, as I said in the intro, I thought I knew nothing about it, but I actually do know a lot more than I thought, particularly the likes of Alan Curry, obviously, and, and Clive Eckstein, um, and yourself having played first-class cricket for a short while. But it's unbelievable for me to now find out that we're talking about the youngsters and the young kids, which is an absolute passion of mine how do we get youngsters into the game and it seems as though you guys are doing exactly that yeah well Louis, if you look at it right we all play the game we all watch the game and, and you and i would have grown up watching test cricket and would have enjoyed what we saw between england and australia and the ashes but we forget that this the young generation are challenged for time uh, there's so many competitive products out there that are, that are competing for their time we've got to make a product which is catchy cricket is a sport that will be there forever in a day but how do you make it attractive to this young group of, of people wanting to come through? And the way to do it is give them the product they see on TV. The young generation has grown up watching the IPL, and those are the heroes. I mean, the pathways have changed. In the past, you'd want to play school cricket. You'd then want to go on to play club cricket. 
uh, first-class level cricket and then for your country, South Africa. Today, that's changed. And you could ask a young kid who they'd want to play for and they'd probably turn around and say Mumbai Indians. And how do we create those pathways? So while cricket is in our in our blood, it's our lifeline, these structures that exist are are cake in many in many situations. We're trying to take the game to the people, into the communities, and then take it forward so that they can continue playing this lovely game while having the competitiveness that will make them great and hopefully one day lead to South Africa winning a World Cup. And isn't it amazing how the state of South African cricket, not only on the field while we were in Australia, maybe just more than a year, year and a half or so ago, and then also bemoaning the fact that we had messed up the T20 competition in this country and we had no international competition. And well, the one thing that still hasn't changed is the fact that we don't play enough test cricket. But then in this last quarter, 12 months, this boom from the World Cup, the Ladies' World Cup being here, the Betway T20 being so successful, the new era in our two coaches, in our in our one day and our and our test match cricket, uh, the captain Timber Bavuma who's been on our show before, and it's just like in your face. I mean, it must make you feel so good that this has turned around literally in less than a year. Yeah, we, we needed it. Undoubtedly, we needed it. I think the, the SA20 has been phenomenal and, and has opened up new pathways of the game. I, I agree with you on the test cricket side. We definitely need to play more. Uh, but there's a freshness about cricket again. There's, there's a joy about cricket. And I think one thing that makes us who we are is the breaking down of barriers. And also the fact that we want to play cricket without politics. Um, and I get hammered for that a lot. But it's simply about if you're good enough, you make our squads. If you're not good enough, we will do everything we can to assist you to reach the level that you want. So it's that's as simple as it can come down to just making sure that the right people are getting the right opportunities. It's interesting that you said that, and I'm so glad you said that, because that was the sentiment echoed in a previous podcast we did with somebody I'm sure you know well. Omar Henry was saying exactly the same thing. Tamba Bavuma, in his podcast with us, was so open and honest about the fact that, yes, he did come from a more privileged background than other people, but at the end of the day, he was born in Langa. The same with somebody like Aaron Pankisa, who was on our show as well, who comes from Shushankuve. But at the end of the day, you know, when you get to pull on the whites or the colors, you have to stand up and be counted. And there's going to be nobody saying, are oh, you previously disadvantaged? That's why it's okay for you to get a duck. You've got to perform. 100%. And that's, that's ultimately sport. The unpredictability of sport. The ability to play against the best of the best, as I keep mentioning. But through our systems, you'll have players coming up against each other. And they might look like a million dollars in the nets. But can you produce when the moment is there? Can you defend 10 of the final over? Or can you score 10 of the final six balls to win a game for your side? And there's something on the line. And that's where you see character being born. That's where you see growth. And at our levels, it's preparing them for what comes next. I mean, we had a young Quentin de Kock who played with us when he was 14 years old. You had a young Mitch van Buren who now plays for the Powell Royals and plays, of course, for the Rajasthan Royals as well. He was with us from 11 years old. So you can see the growth and the development of these players under a pressurized environment. As they say, iron sharpens iron. Yeah, that's so true. And then what also impresses me, and let's go back to the, the purpose of our conversation, and that is, of course, the Cape Town Premier League. I know it's it's kind of like sometimes you see something and you go, wow, that's so simple, but has such a great impact. Now look at CPL 11, CPL 13, CPL 15, and that warms the cockles of my heart that these kids are getting an opportunity at that age to already start looking forward to what could be a potential 
professional career playing this beautiful game. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of it. I mean, there's so many. And, and when when I chatted to Gary Kirsten, and I've actually got a recording of it where he said, in his mind, the school system was the system that produces the most players, and they still do. Don't get me wrong; the school system is vital to South Africa's development of of the game. But when he saw the players in the CPL, he just saw hundreds of talented players getting an opportunity against each other, and that blew his mind. And he said, then that's where we need to go. That's a pathway that can take players to the next level. That really touched me because a man of his stature, a man who's seen the game around the world, to say that that's what we have. How do we nurture it and take it forward? Um, I also, I, there's a story I'd like, I'd like to share with you. There's a young Ibrahim Talib boy who was spotted through a video playing in his garage. Uh, he comes from a, let's call it a previously not advantaged background, but just playing in, in his backyard with his brother. And the way he was striking the ball caught the eye of one of the directors of the, of our franchises. He then invited him to a net, picked him within the draft. So we have a draft and an auction system at our levels, picked him there. And the boy last year won the player of the tournament in the 12 and under CPL section. Phenomenal player. He's now got a number of uh, bursary offers on his table. That's what it's about. Just creating the showcase for these guys to, to show their talent. And it's amazing. It, it just keeps growing because you've seen the game through so many different eyes. So I need to take you on, on one thing here. Um, and this is from friendly banter. I know you talk about the Wanderers and Transvaal and where you started, but I mean, come on, Newlands is the place. And what really made me so excited was watching the crowds come in to watch the Women's uh, World Cup and how brilliantly our ladies did. And that, I guess, is how we've got to chat to you because one of our previous guests, and I know I'm name-dropping, yeah, I love name-dropping, was Minion Dupree. And we actually contacted her, and she told us about the fact that you guys have now put a women's league together. And I think that's unbelievable. Tell us more about that. Uh, isn't Minion a, a gem of a person? I mean, just uh, what she's what she's done for the women's game in, in the country is uh, phenomenal. Right? We've always had the women's tournament on our mind, the women's CPL, as you call it, um, and we wanted to start it. Cape Town was always the identified market to do it. It is the most beautiful place in the world, and it had to have been there. The talent which exists in the Cape region is simply amazing. There is so much of talent out there, whether it's the women's game or the, the men's game, the talent exists. And the ladies' CPL, at absolutely no cost to any of the female players that were selected. That is our commitment towards the, the female game in, in the country and in that particular region. As I've mentioned, ours is always strength versus strength, and that's why Cape Town was the ideal place to start. Um, the original idea came to us through a young lady who's now playing SC under 19, Kayla Reineke. She was playing in the CPL boys section as a young girl, and she took on these boys with a plum. She played magnificently and showed that she can match it with anyone uh, in the country. And that's when we said, we've got to get the girls' game more attractive. We've got to attract more females towards the sport. And, and this is the pathway that we believe we can, we can do such. We, yeah, we had an auction, which, which was not so long ago, just the way we work, where we give a fictitious budget to each of uh, our franchises, and then they bid for the best players that they believe in. And it becomes a bidding war. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of banter. And then it's an evenness of contest, which presents itself at the end of the day. And Minion yeah, we... will be playing for the Atlantic Pirates. So, Sierra, I don't want people to think that all of a sudden the Cape has landed a, a, an oil-rich uh, bit of land and there's black gold pumping out of the ground. But 
We talk about a budget of six million. When that's CPL dollars, it's it's like can I say monopoly money? Teaching them how yeah, you, it will be in the day when it's for real. Yes, there's method to the madness. Obviously, we at an amateur level, um, and and we we need to create a sustainable product, so it is monopoly money, and and you spot on with that. But there's value to it, um, and the value comes in, and, and there's transfers which would take place from year two in the ladies one. There's transfers which take place in the men's one. So first of all, the six million is given as a budget towards each of the franchises. They then bid on the players that they want, and in that, there's a beauty to it because you see who is valued as the most valuable player and who people believe are the best players. Once that is done, they allocate it towards their sides and there's a bit of pressure which comes with it. So Mignon will, despite her experience, will have to go out there and perform because people have believed in her. So Mignon got bought for $2.5 million and that creates a bit of pressure on her that she's got to go out there and produce as a top-level player. And that's pressure which is created right through the system across every single player showing their worth. And on the reverse aspect is that the player who gets picked up as we'd call a bargain buy for 50000 might emerge as the best player of the tournament because now they have a chance to showcase their skills. They've got a bit of a drive to prove why they're the best and that has that effect on it. The transfer market then comes into play and even though there's a budget of $6 million every year given to these sides, they'll want to say, listen, 10000 means a lot to them and they won't budge in, in, a, in a transfer situation where one team's trying to gain a player and the other team's trying to gain the best price for that particular player. And yes, it does prepare them for the future. It does prepare them for what's coming out in the IPLs or out in the big bashes or the hundreds of the world that, that have these female competition and male competitions as well. So I remember when I was a kid, and that's a while ago, um, by the virtue of who I'm going to talk about right now, I was invited to a coaching clinic when I was playing cricket at school. And albeit they were still young, so let me not say that I'm that old, it was Garth Theroux, Peter Kirsten, and Alan Lamb. Now, I was so excited I didn't sleep for a week, knowing that I was going to be in those guys' presence in their company, and even if I learned 1% from them, it was just the fact that I was going to be with them. You have got somebody in Minion Dupria who I am sure these young girls must be so excited because we know her to be thoroughly professional, and even though it's not, if I may say, for real money, I guess whether it's for real money or monopoly money, knowing her, you're going to get 110%. Yeah, you're right, Louis. Let's let's look at it in this way. When you first started playing the game, or when Mignon first started playing the game, or Quentin de Kock started playing the game, you played it for the love of the game. It wasn't about the money. It was for the love of the game. And that's what we're trying to reinculcate into the structures. It's not about the money. We're an amateur product. What we're trying to do is prepare you for your professional pathway so that when you do get the money and the just rewards that you've deserved through all of your hard work and dedication over the years, you prepared for it and you can manage it well and you can deal with the fame well. And then what we've got, you've got a youngster will be looking up to the likes of Mignon Brie, wearing the exact same kit as the Pirates kit that she wears at senior level. And then you realize that you can actually touch her. You can have a conversation with her. Knowledge can be passed down. Whatever Mignon has learned throughout her career, she can then pass it down to a young 14, 15, 16 year old so that they can stand on our shoulders and be better than we ever were. And that's a very important point because we want people to be better than we are and take the game forward. And if we can achieve that, we are definitely doing something right. So when that happens, when this young kid wears the same kit as Mignon and they go to school, they're not going to say, oh, I know Mignon Dupree. They're going to say Mignon is my teammate. And there in that is the magic. 
there's the pathway. They can touch their dreams. They can realize their goals and they can go on, become the champions that they are destined to be. Where have you been for the last 25 years? I've been saying this over and over again. I need another voice like you. I've been around. I've been around on the cricket field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we needed you off the field for a bit. Okay, let's talk about the teams. And I love some of the names. Go through them for me. So the ladies ones, you've got the Peninsula Patriots, who picked a very strong side as well. The Cape Vikings, who uh, was owned by Ashwell Prince. And they've got an extremely strong squad with them and, and are looking to return to their glory days as the inaugural men's winners. And that has a beauty to it. Mignon Dupree's team where you have uh, the Atlantic Pirates and the Pirates and the Vikings have a natural rivalry between between the two. That's run by Henry Dednam, who's been around the cricketing circles for, for a long time. And then you've got the Hurikwaku Bulls. And as we all know, Hurikwaku is the original name for Table Mountain. And those are the four ladies teams that we have. And they'll be going up against against each other come the end of September around the fixtures I might add. I'm interested in your dates, your choosing of your dates. We've had a bit of a wet winter here in the Cape. You think you're going to be okay with that? Yeah, I think we'll be fine. It's just before the, the cricket season. Um, so the wickets the wickets will be will be prepared. We go above and beyond to make sure that we get the best possible facilities for all of our cricketers. And the wickets are prepared to the best capabilities of the ground staff out there. They'll be played simultaneously with the men. They'll get exactly the same treatment as the, as the men get. So there's live music, there's live commentary, there's fun in games, there's food stalls out there, and more importantly, there's just high-quality cricket. And based on the same lines, same rules and regulations, uh, laws, better than rules, laws, of course, in the game of T20? I like where you're going with that. You're referring to Johnny Bairstow, I'm assuming. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, the way, the way we go with that, it's all based on 2020. Um, there's a six-over power play. There is one small difference. Because we play three games in a day, we are restricted to 18 overs so that we can get the allotted games in time frames that we have. But that's just competitive cricket that gets out of it. Otherwise, everything else stays the same. And then we have rolling substitutes, which is a rule that we introduced 14 years ago. So 14 players are, are active and players can come on and off. She's allowed to bat and not field. So that protects her and keeps her injury-free. All of the matches at Western Province Cricket Club, uh, ideally we'd play there, but we do have other host venues in Durbanville Cricket Club as well. We've used Ronda Bosch in the past. So it depends on how the winter treatment goes. We'll announce those venues in due course. Okay, so you brought the name up, Johnny Bearstar. What do you think of this, uh, this Ashes series that's going on at the moment? I'm loving it. Uh, I think it's absolutely great for the game. I'd love to see South Africa play a five-test series against England, Australia, and, and the likes, in, and India as well. Um, I believe test cricket is just superb. It's the ultimate test of any player, um, and it gives you the skills to execute in 2020, which has a different sort of pressures which, which come with it. We must make no bones about it. 2020 is the vehicle of the future. And we've got to embrace it instead of being being against it. But yeah, the, the series has been absolutely superb and brings back memories of been playing philosophy. And you can see Brendan McCullum as a cricket playing philosophy. I think that is so underrated. And like Pep Guardiola has his style of play for Man City or Jurgen Klopp has his style of play for, for Liverpool, so do we as, as cricketing people or cricketing managers of sides need to develop your own style of play, which would then create more and more opportunities for different types of players within your structures. So that's the future and that's coming pretty soon. Tira, I know you've been going years um, and it's extremely exciting and now obviously year one with the ladies getting involved. Where do you want to see yourself in five years and your not you yourself, but obviously the, the league? Yeah, we've been going for 14 years, Louis, and, and where we see us is that we want to be the best amateur league worldwide. We want to have the pinnacle of a product in South Africa that's there, that's creating these pathways for, for talented individuals 
and that's where it's going. Where what I see happening is that the nationals, as we call it, or the Champions League. So these are the best 17-year-olds and, and 19-year-olds in in the country that will come together in Johannesburg this year in August from Cape Town, from Free State, from Johannesburg. Um, they'll be playing on the best uh, facilities available, and we'll be going head to head with each other. What we've done is we've made sure that their flights, accommodation, and tournament fees are all covered by the CPL and the likes, so that this opportunity is simply there for the talented players. Going, I see us playing on a on a global scale as well, and being a feeder into the SA20s, being a feeder into your provincial sides, and being a feeder into the international franchises as well. So I know it's monopoly money, but it clearly isn't monopoly money when you have to do all of the things you've mentioned, aeroplane tickets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Where do you get your funding from? We've built up a system. We've learned the hard way over 14 years. Um, we've built up a sustainable model, um, and that's what we, we strive for. We created a sustainable model of cricket, which is enjoyable and can be played uh, without sponsors. And the sponsors are a bonus, and that's how we are we to try to, to derive our income from sponsors, player fees at the junior levels uh, that we have. But we work exceptionally hard behind the scenes, to, in, and our model is sustainable. And that's the key to our success. Your enthusiasm is absolutely fantastic. And I'm sure that must boil over into the fact that the game is pretty much becoming a worldwide game now. We're about to embark on a T20 series in the United States of America. The Americans were here, as were the Netherlands, who've qualified for the ICC World Cup, along with Sri Lanka. Um, the game is becoming global. It's no longer just eight or ten test-playing nations that get together every now and again and bash a cricket ball around. And isn't that the beauty of it? It's it's a worldwide game. It's the second most popular game in the world. You talk of the Major League Cricket, which is going to happen in the next couple of days. And in Major League Cricket, we've got eight representatives who've played in our competitions that will be playing across there, which is which is wonderful for them. Um, and and that's what it's about. And any aspiring nation, to me, the easiest way into the game is 2020 cricket. That's the easiest investment into the game. Um, as I mentioned earlier in, in, in this podcast, people are, are stretched for time. So when we went to school and, and you'd be playing cricket on a Saturday, you'd play the entire day. Today, basketball is an hour game and a lot of talented individuals are going that way. We've got to embrace 2020 cricket to grow the game. We've got to take this on because it's, it's changed fielding. It's changed the way you bat. It's changed the way you bowl. And the game is moving forward. We've got to embrace 2020 cricket because it is the future. I love it. Siad Desai, thank you so very much for your time, your enthusiasm. And uh, I know you don't do it to get praise heaped upon you, but I guess that touch of satisfaction when you sit there watching the Proteus play and you go, that kid was with me when he was under 11 must be hugely satisfactory. It definitely is. And, and again, the, the main point is, can we get people to be better than we were? Can we share the knowledge with them so that they can stand on our shoulders and ultimately become the best in the world? And I think together with the likes of yourself and what you guys are doing with the podcast, I'd love to see you guys at the grounds Let's support these kids. Let's support these young players. I mean, we've had an, an under-13 final, which had about 3,000 people watching, and that's phenomenal. That- Thank you so much for joining us on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And as uh, Ziad so beautifully put it, he wants everybody to participate in the game and be better than us, just like I say to you every night when I close. Be nice to each other. Until next time. Bye for now.